Hey, I'm Lee Larie. And I'm Nick B. And this is Dirty Roses Podcast, where two girls from the City of Roses discuss love, lust, and perception. And we got two very different perspectives. That's right, because my girl Nick B is a long-term habitual dater. Oh, for real? That's what we're doing? I mean, girl, it's facts. Okay, you're right. And my girl Lee Larie was tied down and now newly single and don't know a thing about dating. Dang. Well, here we are taking our friends' dating stories and having real-life conversations. Dirty Roses Podcast starts now. Hey, I'm Lee Larie. And I'm Nick B. And welcome to Dirty Roses Podcast. We are so excited today because we are going to... I say that every episode, girl. I need to find a new word. Every episode, you're excited. I'm excited. I'm hyper excited. You should be. I should be, right? <laughs> hey, okay. Well, look at our guest. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful guest we got in the building. And Nick B., I'm going to let you introduce our wonderful guest today. Yes, this is one of my childhood friends. I mean, as are you, but, you know, we go way back. Love her dearly. Meet Miss Lachey. Hi guys. Hello. So today we're going to be talking about how, kind of like the singles and the healing process, we talked about how we can do bad all by ourselves. We don't need a man or a partner or a woman or whoever in your life to cause a toxic relationship so that you can do bad with a person. We can do bad by ourselves, but we really talked about how we healing and how we're going to be doing better actually, but we're going to play off that to Raji P. Henson real quick. (laughs) So as you know, we start every episode with a scenario or a story. Um, and so this one's kind of personal. You know, I'm recently divorced. So I, you know, got divorced um, as of November of 2022 officially, but was separated since December of 2021. Um, and I realized in that relationship, I was super unhappy. I wasn't living my life to the fullest. I was living for other people and sacrificing like my personal goals and well-being and all those things for another person. And it wasn't benefiting either of us. Right. And so while I probably would have stayed in that marriage to make it work and probably would have been miserable doing it, um, I'm happier now doing the things that I love as a single person, even though I'm sad that I that that relationship ended. But I'm super happy in pursuing all the things that I want to pursue right now. And so in this, we're talking about what it looks like coming out of a relationship, coming out of a bad relationship, coming out of a good relationship or whatever. And what does that look like being single now? And how do you heal from that? So Nick B. Yeah. Have you. (laughs) First of all, a jerk. (laughs) I shouldn't be laughing at this, but I, (laughs) but have you come out of a long-term relationship or really, really long-term? Okay. okay, We're going to say any relationship. Have you come out of any relationship? And felt like, damn, I really am doing better not being in that relationship or. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Even though I haven't necessarily come out of what society would (laughs) deem long term. Four months. (laughs) Hey, that's long. Very true. (laughs) Okay. Um, Absolutely. I've come out of the situation in the past where, you know, I thought it was something I wanted to hang on to and just more than happy that I dodged the bullet coming out of it and that I didn't waste a lot of time in that situation. And I can honestly say that even though, um, you know, historically I have not had any really long term relationships, I think I'm quick to assess when something is right for me. Mm -hmm. And I make those moves quicker and sooner rather than later of um, trying to stay in something that just isn't working. Um, you know, a lot of times people talk about, oh, you have to work at a relationship, which you do. Right. Relationships do require work. 
But I also recognize that sometimes people aren't just meant to be in that type of relationship just because you meet them and you find them attractive and you have commonalities doesn't mean that's your lifelong person. It shouldn't be so a painful I'm blessed work. that I, it should, it, it should not be painful work. Right, right. I, I agree. So uh, yeah, I've come out of those situations where I'm very happy looking back that no, I'm not with that person. Um, and I'm better off without them. Yeah. So I've, yeah. I've been there, I've done that. Honestly, even though we joke about the the not having a long-term relationship, it's probably a good thing because looking at my situation, I'm like, damn, that was 21 years of me not being happy that I could have been pursuing some that would have been maybe happy. Now, gr- while I'm grateful for certain things that came of that relationship, like the kids and everything else, yeah. um, I do feel like I wasted a lot of time with my, my younger years you know, trying to make something work that really wasn't going to work. And while you have have the the wisdom to know, like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to spend my life trying to make something work that I know right now is not going to work. So that's, I, I like that for you. Yeah. Lachey B. What about you? Oh, Lachey. I just want to call you Lachey. That's my old coworker. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, this old radio coworker. Lachey, hey, hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> have you come out of... um? any relationship that you felt you really uh, dodged a bullet or saved yourself anything you didn't realize that you were in for? Absolutely. Um, I was in a relationship for eight years Mm. and my earring just fell off. (laughs) I was in a relationship for eight years and it was a good relationship but also like a very it was between um, 26 to like 30 what was that like 34 mm-hmm. and it was we ended up breaking up mostly from cheating he had a baby um at the end of the relationship yeah and I didn't want children but that was not a reason you know it was with his ex <laughs> yeah no it was his ex-girlfriend he was he was a cheater like for the most part but like he would always like be really like com- like compassionate about it, be like I'm sorry, and then that, and then I would just say okay, and then it would we would get back together. But the baby was like <clears throat> the end game for me, the kicker. Um, so question though, then yeah, it was a kicker. I mean, I should have left a long time before, but I feel like I learned so much from that relationship, like so much about myself. So question though, so. You you mentioned that he cheated and that he had been cheating. Was that something that you knew about and that you were like kind of like okay, we're going to work through this each time, or you found out later that yeah, no, we no no no, we would we I would find out because I'm a detective, and um and then I would find out and then and he would get caught and then he's like I'm not going to do it again and then I'm not the type of person like if you tell me you're not going to do it again, I give you the benefit of the doubt. I loved him so. Right. Like, and then it would just, it happened again. And then the last time it happened was with the baby. And then he was like, it's never going to happen again. And like, we actually stayed together a year after the baby. And then something in me just snapped. I like snapped. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying this. I was like, I don't, I don't need this shit. Was it? But it took a long time. Was it always with the same person that he (laughs) was having these uh, affairs with? Like a couple different girls. Like this, this girl, she was his ex. So throughout the eight years, she was constantly back and forth through in the relationship. So yeah, was there ever a um, was there ever like an evaluation of like what what it was about this particular person that he kept going back to that he was not he was getting from her that not getting from you? Um, 
there was there was he was I think it was more him I, I don't think it was necessarily what I could give him because I did a lot I, I, I'm not saying I was perfect but I tried to do all the things I think that he was looking for somebody to stroke his ego I think that he was looking for validation in other women and I think that yeah it was he would say he wasn't um not that not that he was a sex addict but that he really liked a lot of sex I just think that he like he just had an ego and he just had he was a very nice looking man he just wanted validation from other women he was insecure about turns out his ego and his validation comes from him being insecure and so he would find that in other women gotcha because I wasn't like he was handsome but I wasn't like oh my god like I wasn't melting over him like you're a handsome guy but like and it ain't like you up, be so you cute, cute. You know what I'm saying? So I don't understand. <laughs> you know, it is. Stop. 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 But go ahead. So the question, question, be, after the first um, the discretion, mm-hmm. how was it your, was your absolute love and infatuation for him or a different level of maturity that was like, okay, um, let's work through it. Because a lot of people, I think, would say cheating is cheating. I'm done. I'm done. Mm. But, you know, I think it takes a different level of commitment to building a relationship to say, oh, okay, you did this. Let's talk about it. Are we going to move forward from it? And obviously, you guys chose to move forward in your relationship after the first or the second or however many times that happened. I, I think there were conversations. But, like, we, w- I, w- I would say that a lot of that happened when I was I don't know, 26, 27, like it happened early on. We would do a lot of breakup and get back together. And there was always like a great period of like, it was eight years of like, are we together? Are we not together? What's cheating? What's not cheating? You know, so it was very this. And then in the last, I would say probably when I was like my 30s, we were probably like, no, we're together. But it was still very much like, at that point, I was just like, men are men. They do what they do. He's a good provider. Our sex life was great. All of these things I was like, you know, and I was like, ah, okay, whatever. And I was like, today, do you still have the same philosophy of men or men they're going to cheat? Or do you have a different expectation for each relationship? I have, I have a different expectation. I'm not surprised. Like, it takes a lot to surprise me. Like, if a man, if a man does cheat, I'm like, okay. But, like, I don't, I don't want it, right? So, like, I don't, if I'm, if it happens, I'm out. But at the same time, if it happens, I'm like, well, okay, you're just, you know, I very few people that very few men that I feel like don't cheat, like Barack Obama, <laughs> probably that we know, you know, great, great heel, Barack Obama, that's it. Everybody else. And Samia yeah. found a real one. <laughs> right, right, right. That's it. She she created a line dance and she got her a real man. I like it. I like what? it. A lot of dance I can't do. That part, I can't do that either. I don't know why it's so I can't. I can't catch the offbeat. I can't catch the offbeat. I'm like, wait, we're kickball changing on a three and not the four. Hey. It doesn't happen. It's that's, not happening. That's the cheerleader in you. You're like, nope, I got to be. I, feel, I got to count it out. Right. So um, with your with your ideals of pretty much that all men cheat. Do you see yourself getting married? No, I don't want to say oh. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Not all men. Don't Grand Hill. No, no, no. I feel like I feel like I don't feel like all men cheat. I feel like the possibility is high though. Mm. 
Let me put it higher that way. I feel like the possibility is high. Huh? Higher than for women. You think women um, cheat less than men? Um, I feel like women cheat better than men. So we saw. I, so, so we don't have the stats. We don't have the stats because women are better cheaters. I would I would agree with that. Man. We're because I, I just, the way that we detect, what's your definition of I'm gonna say this hold on something. the way that we detectifies and I said that I made it my new word detectifies um, our relationships. <laughs> you know we can find out if a man's cheating because we know all the tricks. We know how to be sneaky. We know how to find things that they clearly don't know how to hide. And so I would agree. I feel like women can be a little bit sneakier. Um, when it comes to indiscretions, they can they can hide things, they can play things off, they know what to hide, what to you know, because they know what they're looking. I think that men are sloppy, and I feel like that women for the advantage. Like I don't know this, I really couldn't. I don't know. I feel like we probably cheat the same amount, but we're just really good at it. But we don't know. Would you say that men and women cheat in the same way? Because there's always been a debate that men are physical cheaters and women are emotional cheaters. I think that's true. And then does that still quantify the same impact? Oh, no. It hurts more when a woman does it. Really? For sure. Because she, oh, yeah. Because she, you have probably created an emotional connection with somebody um, as opposed to men. Some men cheat. And I should say some men cheat for like just like the physical aspect. My ex was cheating with women, which hurt a lot more because he was cheating with the same women for a long period mm. of time. So he did create emotional connections with women. So that mm-hmm. that hurt a little bit. He cheated, kind of cheated like a woman, a, a woman, but like you know, with like a couple different women. Like he wasn't out there just like meeting random chicks. Like now nah, these these chicks been around for a minute. Mm-hmm. But I think that yeah, that hurts a little bit more. Would you want to get married today? Mm-hmm. I would. I hope so. I still hope so. Okay still hopeful that even though we kind of accept uh I don't know do we hope still that men as they age they cheat less is that still a thing because I was mentioning to someone the other day in my early 20s I was like oh, okay guys are going to be guys because they're young they're emotionally not there yet but by the time I'm older by the time I'm looking more towards 35 ready to settle down knock it off everybody's <laughs> gonna have this moment of maturity and clarity right. and know right. who they want and when they want it and all these things and there wasn't gonna be a factor and now that I'm here at that magical age that I thought things were gonna be different the niggas is still on the same bullshit <laughs> so I'll, I'll say two things one time because I used to be a fighter attendant there was this I will not say his name there was this NBA ex-NBA player on my flight and I was telling him, I Wait, think what I was, city was he from? You ain't got to say a name, but what city? What city was he from? I think he had played in Portland at one point. He had. That's how I recognized him. But so he was sitting there. We was talking, and I was telling him I was thirty five at the time. And he was like, and he was like trying to gauge like how I should date. And he was like, well, you need to go older. And I was like, why? And he was like, well, those men are fucked out. Like they're done fucking around. Damn. And he was like, yeah, you got to get one that's done. And I was just like. But then I was like, so you want me to get with a dude who doesn't want to fuck anymore? Like, that sounds great for me. Like, no. Hmm. Like, that's my, that's boring. That's where I'm headed. He's like, yeah, you don't want to get the young ones. He's like, because they're still fucking everybody now. She's like, cool, great. Um, One might agree with that, but I wonder, because like Nick B was saying, even the older ones at this age are still fucking on everybody. So it's like, how old? Yeah, this is true. We talk about geriatric because... 
No, he was talking about like, oh, he was Whoa. talking about like, he was talking about late 40s, 50s. And I'm like, I know some dudes who still fucking around in that. Yeah, that part. But I don't feel like, I feel like for me, I'm the type of person, I'll fall in love as many times as it takes. I don't care. I'm a Virgo. Don't care. I'll do it. So you're, you know, I will just, mm-hmm. I am, hmm. I am. Um, But I also feel like there is, I don't want to put like, the idea that every man is going to cheat you know that doesn't that doesn't bother me i think that there's somebody for me who's not gonna cheat on me and you know who is gonna match me in all ways or most ways so with that oh i was gonna say what's your qualities that you look ahead or mr right qualities um emotional intelligence super important they have Mm -hmm. to like understand their emotions and how to use them and how to all of that. So that's really important because in my last relationship, he was all over the place with his emotions. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to like regulate himself, anger, triggers, things like that. Um, uh, compassionate. Yeah. I have to be attracted to him. Um, yeah. I would like him to have some type of relationship with God. Uh, um, he has to find me funny. I don't care if he's funny. I need to be funny though. <laughs> um, and that's funny. And, it's- and what else? No, for real. Like, <laughs> so after after this particular relationship, because I'm not sure how many relationships you've had mm-hmm. between this guy that ended up having a child, but it sounds mm-hmm. like that was one of, if not the most devastating relationship for you. What did you do to get to a better place? Did you like kind of what was the process? Did you did you go to counseling? Did you swear off men for a while? Like, kind of how did you get to a point where you were like, I'm okay? Okay, um. Yeah, no, I didn't swear off men. I jumped right back in. Oh, number one. Oh yeah, yeah. Jumped they right say back the best in. way to get over one is to get under another one. Under another. <laughs> no. And 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 at the time, I think there was this idea, like between my friend group, saying that like, oh, these are rebounds. But to me, I wasn't seeing that way. But definitely, a rebound is the way to go. That's number one because I think that no, I'm serious. And it doesn't. It's not to say that it's not a benefit for them and you don't want to really say this is my rebound so then you're not going into it but you kind of need some dude who's like really on you and on your ass and, and like giving you the self-esteem that you may have lost yeah. um in the relationship that was helpful therapy was great and he was the reason that was the reason the right that relationship was the reason why i started therapy okay um and i cried a lot to be completely honest that's how i get through a lot of things but dick and therapy you know what? I don't know if that's a magical ingredient, but sign me up. I'm like, um, I think I'm reading something wrong. So let me figure this out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Leela Free, but I think I, I need to sign up for those two things. I would say that when it comes to kind of a, just having someone make you feel special and important, my way of doing that was always to get back on the stupid dating apps. I swear they stress me out. I can never really take anyone serious on them. But if you, especially women, mm-hmm. if you are looking for that quick self-esteem boost, someone to like your picture and, you know, thirst trap, be in your inboxes, that's what social like, media is. Uh, no, Kevy Kev, that was on our season one episode uh, for Prison Base. He actually told me to do the same thing. And I was like, why? I, I just keep, it is the self-esteem. I not bring myself to get on a dating app. I don't know why. Let me, well, let me say this. I think, I'm a week in on my first dating app, and I'm a, li- I'm a little bored. I'm a little bored, number one. It's very underwhelming. 
But number two, I don't know for Lee if I can do it in Portway. It's hard. In, okay, like, I agree with you, Lachey. I feel like being the VP where you are, me being in Jersey, I feel like that's very different than it's being cool. in Portland. So why should you use my zip code? I don't know these people. You, you can use my zip code. Absolutely. I'll give that to you. But I, it's, okay, great example. Right before I had moved out of Oregon, I was on a dating site and I was incredibly disappointed. I was like, I, I put in the range of age I was looking for, the demographics, the must-haves all these things and i was getting the exact opposites and it's simply because my checklist wasn't available in portland unfortunately mm -hmm. and so where i might see maybe one or two guys that check those boxes they were absolutely not what i was actually looking for maybe physically or something like they'd say they have all these qualities but they'd be five six <laughs> i am a very tall five eight and a quarter and if i'm asking for six foot and up don't come at me with five Six. What are we doing? You oh, right. Uh, someone to climb that tree, Nicole. I I tried it I, because I tried to keep an open mind, and I was just like, my guy, you hit me mid nip, mid nip. I don't want. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that. He's so my my. Um, <laughs> right. So, but when I moved, you know, I it just it opens up a whole new thing. So if you're looking simply for that good self-esteem boost, you know, someone to just have a conversation with, absolutely use a different zip code. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go on dates with them or you mm. can cut them off and whatever you, when you're done with them, you know? It's but two, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. I think I've exhausted your zip code just in person. <laughs> oh my gosh. I I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I mean, it's been a week. I don't know. I don't know. If it's been uh, it also depends on this. It also depends on the site you're on. So yeah. So what sites are you guys on? I I'm only on Hinge. Okay, and that's a that one was decent for me down here. I started on Plenty of Fish. I've done which we learned was a prison. Uh, <laughs> Jill. Yeah, I heard. Wait. I heard. I heard Plenty of Fish was like for serial killer. It's uh -huh. I, I don't know. I I don't know. I just. You know, I will oh, say you were on there. I know, but that's just it. I don't know them to be inmates. I do know that I met <laughs> I met two guys on POF that I liked. Um, obviously they it was weird because they said they were looking for the same things, but they weren't because we never even had a relationship. So there's always the that. It's a lot of false advertising as far as what people are really looking for. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I think it's a great self-esteem booster. You know, I don't know that I can take it too serious. People get on these websites and they're literally just looking for some next tail. Some some neck bone. Yeah. Yeah, some neck bone. Exactly. Okay. So let's say, I'm just curious. So like what were the takeaways that you had from this relationship that you, or this one that you mentioned, or e even any other relationship that may have been mm -hmm. toxic? What are the takeaways that you have gotten that were positive that you want to implement in, you know, new relationships? Well, I always want, I'm always looking for somebody who feels like my best friend, whether they're my best friend or not. That's always been like, since I was probably in my early twenties, maybe even before that, that I always knew I wanted somebody to feel like my friend. Yeah. And so I'm always good at picking men that I get along with, I can laugh with, so I won't change that part of it. And I'm always, I always like to go with like complete honesty in a relationship. Okay. Sometimes that works, sometimes that doesn't, depending on the man's uh, ego. Um, but like, I think positive, um, 
friendship, honesty. Um, you need to want to be around the person. So I've since have dated some people and I don't like, it's time for you to go home. Oh, like it's time. And then there are some men that I've dated and I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, I need some space. And then there's men that I've dated and I'm like, he can stay. Mm. Stay a while, <laughs> you know. So uh, those are those are things where I'm like, okay, I need to work for men like that because I do like my personal space and things like that. But I also want to be aware. I've never lived with a man either. So in any of these relationships, I've never lived. Oh, okay. And to be forty years, to be forty and never have lived with a man is a little bit probably scary. And I'm sure that kind of I feel like sometimes people look at me as like that's a red flag. Like she never lived with a man. I'm just like. Yeah, it would be really weird to just have somebody in my space all the time. But sometimes when I do have men in my space a lot, like they stay and they stay for like, you know, a while. I'm like, okay, this doesn't bother me. I'm like, okay. I don't know. I say, I've actually lived with a guy, believe it or not. Wait, what? Or dating. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Because wait, cause you just said that longest was like four months. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so let me preface so by saying he was not. No, what had happened was this he wasn't like I wasn't dating him. He wasn't my guy. Okay. He was my roommate. And when I was an undergrad, my roommate um had a, a long term boyfriend who played football. And over the summertime, every you know, he was from Georgia, she was from somewhere out in the country in um in Virginia. And over the summertime they had camps, they had football, having to get ready for fall season. Mm-hmm. So he actually moved in with me in my apartment. She was my roommate, but she went home for the summer. And so he stayed and it was the best living condition I've ever had. Obviously it was strictly platonic because I, yeah, that doesn't count. I was, yeah. I wasn't, I know, but I say this to say that living with a guy, I prefer over living with a female. They, I mean, it's just, there's some natural um, things that you don't bump heads on. I never had to worry about whose turn was it to take the trash out. That's you. It was always his turn. Yes. <laughs> it's always your turn. It never is not your turn. Okay. Okay. Um, he was also very considerate. Never had to worry about the toilet seat being left up. He was, was very considerate of my space. Um, you know, it was it, and you know, we actually shared a car on top of it. He actually dropped me off at work because school's out, and I'm working full time at the bank. He had to get to practice. I lived off campus, so he would drop me off at work, go to practice, and pick me up on time. The way like, that I am eyeing you right now, I just don't understand. I'm like. I feel like you like took over your friend's boyfriend for the summer, but that's brown old Absolutely not. I took over. I took over everything that was not. This is like the idea. It's like a really good relationship, just minus the sex. It was. It would have felt to that day one of my best living situations. I always so, said to myself that with your roommate, how did she feel about y'all's like platonic relationship? She was good with it. So she was actually one of my very closest friends um, when I was an undergrad. Shout out to Kia. Um, but yeah, she, um, she, she, we had no problem with it. She came and visited, called them all the time. They talked all the time. Um, like, like when I say there was literally nothing there, at least not on my end. Now I can't speak for him. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he never was like, oh, Earl, you look nice. Or I don't know, but it wasn't, it wasn't that for me. I was just on time to work. And the trash was. I can't. So, I cannot. Thank you for that. Yeah, that would shut <laughs> I, I feel like that doesn't count because I don't feel like that's realistic. <laughs> for, it's not realistic to have a platonic friend. No, no, no. I don't think it's realistic as far as how amazing oh. he was. 
and the cat. <laughs> Smokey. Was that Smokey? Mm-hmm. Of course it was. Just always showing out. This is why you're single. <laughs> oh, my That's not. Really the cat isn't stopping you. Let's say back to you. Yes, back to me. That's <laughs> what it's all about. Um, let's see. How important is sex for you in a relationship? Since we're sitting here talking about my platonic mm-hmm. roommate over the summer, how how important is sex for you in a relationship? Very important. Okay, let me let me. It's important in a different type of way because I've been in a couple different situations. Um, the Sexual chemistry is important. To be wanted by somebody is important and all of that. The amount of sex is a whole different. So when I say mm-hmm. sex is important, it's important that I have good quality sex. The amount of times that I have it is um, not as, it's not like, it doesn't need to be like, it's not a quantity thing. Like, but I don't need to have, like I've been, for me, cause I've been in relationships where like men have had to need to have sex like three times a day, like, all the time that's fucking exhausting and it's the- i don't need that but yeah, no, it's not it but i've heard like so i've listened to other podcasts um shout out to devon and uh, kadeem with the D- dead ass podcast but they talked about this a lot in their relationship where it was like she likes quality sex he likes frequent quality sex and that became mm-hmm. a barrier in their relationship for a lot because it was like you the the expectation on a guy is that you're gonna give like if we're in a committed relationship and i'm only sleeping with you I need to get mm-hmm. as frequently as I desire because if not, I'm going to go mm-hmm. somewhere else and get it. So with you saying that it's not important. My to- ex actually, my ex actually said that to me and I was like, I am not, mm. I am not responsible for every hard, like every hard on you have. Like that's a lot. That's a lot to put on somebody. Like mm-hmm. you are your own person. You cannot expect me to, you know, like take down every hard dick you have. Like, it's just not, I'm not into it. I don't want, like, right. it becomes more like a chore. I don't like it. Right. I, if I'm horny and, and you don't want to have sex, I have other means to handle myself. And you should too. Like, you shouldn't put that on somebody. That's like, like that, that basically ruined, like, my relationship. To be able to tell me that this is how I don't cheat. Like, so you're putting the responsibility of every part on, on me oh, that you don't cheat. Yeah. You I'd be fucking kidding me. No, that's not right. That's how I honor her. I I totally understand. Yeah. I, the last, my last ex, he, he, he wanted it all the time. And I felt like for, and I could be wrong, but I felt like at some point it became all he could offer, you know, like, like he, he wasn't, um, he wasn't meeting financial needs. He wasn't meeting a lot of emotional needs. Um, he wasn't ambitious. I mean, there was just a lot of things that he was lacking, but I was still trying to kind of help him get to a better place like almost like a project and I don't like calling people a project but I know that there was a lot of work that he had to do and because he wasn't at a point that he was complete so to say I think that he felt what he could offer me was sex and my god it was exhausting because it's like I I don't need to go three times a day for over an hour each time I just I don't so I don't so no so question so both I'm worn out so so I guess between the three of us, we're we're educated, we're we're you know career driven. We have all these things that are going for us, and and like Nick, uh, Nick B and I have talked about this a lot, where it's like having been single for a while, or having been independent, or any of those things. Um, 
is it hard to find a person who can offer you anything other than sex? Because what do they bring to the table that you can already put there yourself? Absolutely. Security. I mean, just companionship. That. And just because mm-hmm. we can do it ourselves doesn't mean we want to. Right. We know. I'm tired of being the man and the woman. I don't want to be the man and the woman. All anymore. those things. <laughs> All those things. You know, they talk about women aren't soft. I mean, yeah. Why? Right. And so we talked about this. Um, I think I made a post on social media a while back um, about me being called masculine. And it was because I have a very logistical way of thinking. I am not emotional with people unless I feel safe with you to be emotional. Um, thus, it's like I don't present a feminine emotional feeling type self all the time. I can. I just don't feel safe with certain people. And so with that being said, it's like, what is it? What do you require to to fill in that feminine space to where you can allow a man to come in, take the lead, take charge, do the things that you can do yourself but don't want to? Oh, my God. Consistency is, like, number one. Mm. Men who, like, keep their word and are consistent yeah. and you have to, like, I'm the type of person I do, like, trust right away. Like, you have to almost, like, I'm going to trust you off your word. And then you have to like do something for me to be like, okay, let me not do that anymore. But I think consistency is key. Like if you show up for somebody, for me, acts of kindness is acts of service. Acts of service yes. is really important. Yeah. Okay. And so like you, you have to like show up for me. Right. And like, you have to do the things that I want to do for myself. You have to be like, no, I'm going to do it. And then you have to actually do it. That you can't part. say you're going to do it because that's the part, the follow through part. Where it's like, oh, you really did it. Well, okay. Like two points for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It can't, it can't yeah. be all talk and no action. Mm-hmm. It definitely has to be action for it. Yeah, I agree. It needs to be action forward. Um, you know, it's, it's not even about how much someone bakes, but what they do, you know, with whatever it is they have. Right. So if we're going, if, if you make less than me, but you're still contributing in a way that relieves some of my financial mm-hmm. burdens, that's, and that doesn't mean you go broke behind doing it, but it's just a way of showing that you're in it with me. You're able to help mm-hmm. me. You're able to take me where I'm not. Right. I like that. Cause I yeah. think, I think oh, in a previous episode in season one, Nick B, you had mentioned, you know, the financial stability part. And I think it was brought up yeah. that you have a certain standard that you require because you yourself are at a certain level. And I think in a way you caught a lot of flack for that from certain people because it was like they they took that as, oh, I need, I need a six-figure nigga. You know what I'm saying? But you were saying mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily need you to be making six figures, but I need right. you to be doing something positive, productive, and forward-moving with the income that you do have, right? Right, being being ambitious. Um, right. And that, that obviously looks different to different people. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you make six figures, but that means that you're responsible with your money. Right. That means that I know that together our rent is getting paid. It's never a question because you have a gambling problem or it's never a question because you're spending all your money on unnecessary gaming devices or whatever it is. Right. It's, you know, it's prioritizing and it's prioritizing me in addition to what's fiscally. Mm-hmm. And so we talk- yeah, I didn't oh, go ahead. Go. Ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, I don't it's not about how much you make. I can't take care of you. Like, that's like my <laughs> I'm not taking care of you. Like, are you, have you been taking care of yourself this far? Great. Mm-hmm. Do not come to me with asking me for not one thing, but like be able to take care of yourself. If you could also help take care of me, that's great. But like, you have to be able to carry your own weight. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, 
I'm not taking, I'm not carrying nobody's weight. But we're too old for that. I got it. At this stage. At any age, really, mm-hmm. for me. No, seriously. Like, I feel like we, at a, at a younger age, we're able to make mistakes and do things that we probably wouldn't do at this age. But really, in, in reality, we're sh- we should be telling our younger friends, our younger people, our younger listeners, that it should be an equal collaboration of partnership and not like a one person carries more weight because the other person hasn't quite made it there yet. Um, because you know, right. that just leads to a lot of resentment later down the line. Um, I don't firsthand, <laughs> but, um, so in this episode being, I can do battle by myself. What are some things that were in the relationships and Nick B add to this too, um, that you were in the relationship that you're like, I could be doing this by myself. What is it like the red flags or the, the yellow flags or the pink flags or whatever that we talk about um, that were in the relationship that you're like, I don't need this particular thing because I could be doing that shit by myself or I could be handling this or I could be doing, I could be having this stress without you here. What what kinds of things were those things that you noticed in those relationships? Um, The type of thing. That's a good question. I don't, I don't necessarily know because I'm always like, I mean, obviously, I don't know. The first thing that I think of is like bad sex. I think I could not do that. Like, usually that's like the first thing. Like, like, if you fool with like sex, I could not. I could not do this. Like, right. Really honest with you. I was just like, yeah, I could, I could handle this myself. (laughs) So I, I dated, I dated. Since then, I've dated some men where I'm just like, he's not keeping up with me sexually wise. And like, I'm just like, I I think my first yellow, pink, red flag, whatever we want to warning, my most warning usually for a situation that's probably not going to work is uh, the lack of enthusiasm to plan. Mm. Um, No, to make an effort of when am I going to see you? I I feel like I, I meet a lot of guys that. Or I don't know if they're waiting on me to do plan a date or to plan an outing. Um, and then it just doesn't happen unless I plan and recognizing that I'm a planner, I'm an over planner. I guess the Virgo in us. But um, because I am such a planner, I'm thinking, okay, if we have established, you know, for the past two weeks, we want to get together and you have yet to say, hey, how about we go here? Mm. Okay, fine. I'll suggest something. But if I'm sitting a pattern of you never taking initiative that's always kind of an issue for me yeah so yeah that bothers me. yeah i can understand how that would bother. i think i probably wouldn't have gotten that far with somebody like that mm. like if once we're like that's a that's our early flag for me because we ain't going on a date you ain't putting nothing so no uh, well i am talking about right i'm saying like i've been messaging you and calling you and facetiming you for at least a good two weeks of us knowing each other yeah you know, not- We've known each other and you've yet to be like, hey, trying to catch a movie, want to grab a bite to eat. What do you think about this wine fest? Something. Mm. And then to never do it. I'm just so I mean, there's been situations where I've then planned it and I've made notes like, okay, I've planned the last three times we got together. I need you to show me that you actually want to spend this time with me because you're not actually planning. You're just going along with things. You're going with the flow. I don't need to go with the flower. I need someone who's a little more aggressive than that. I need somebody who... Somebody who's putting some thought into it, for yeah. sure. Thought. I think it, I think it's like a sign of someone paying attention to what you say. Because if someone hears you and says, you, like, you like wine festivals, you like doing certain things. So if you say that in the conversation, then you planning something mm-hmm. along the lines of what I've said I liked. 
means not only are you taking initiative, but you're also listening and you you care about what I like. And there's like a lot of, so yeah. for a person to not plan something, it's like you're hitting lots, lots of different levels of uh, red flags for me yeah. that says you're not a good person for me because you don't listen, you don't care, you don't like what I like, you don't care about. It's it's a lot. It's weird. And I've and I've had but I've also had guys who mm -hmm. plan stuff and don't follow through with the plan, which even more so irritates my soul, which like Lachey, you mentioned the follow through, which is so huge to me because I'm um I don't know which I'm a big thinker, I think. I, I like I have grandiose ideas, but I also follow through with my ideas or I have plans to follow through with my ideas. And I think in talking with a lot of guys, I curate that same thought process, like the, oh, we could be doing this. Oh, let's do this. And a lot of guys will tell me these wonderful, magical plans, and then they don't follow through with them. And then I get screwed because then it's like we're with the go with the flow. Oh, we'll just play it by ear. Or we'll just, oh, I didn't really plan this. Oh, we can't play it by ear when you need a reservation. Right. That part. Because, you know, <laughs> we can't get to New York by just chilling to show up. There ain't no seating. <laughs> Yeah, do that. Can't just show up at the yeah. Broadway and be like, hey, I want to come see this play today right now that's happening in five right. minutes. <laughs> or don't tell me, you know, I was going to take you to breakfast, but I I had something to come up. Like, don't tell me what you were going to do if you didn't do it. Like, that you're not going to do it. Right. Why, I don't care about the thought. Like, I, I mean, okay. I care about the thought that goes into something that you follow through with. But if you have a thought and then don't follow through with it, don't tell me the thought. I don't care because you didn't do anything with it. And that doesn't make me happy or juicy at all. I'm like, mm. Lachey, agreed. Agreed. Lachey, what is the pettiest thing you've ever done um, in a relationship, mm -hmm. especially after something JB pissed you off? The pettiest thing? Or do you do petty? Everybody, don't look. She thought to not about that. Petty. No, wait, no, no, no. You know why I don't really do petty? Because I'm, I'm the type of person where I don't want them to know that they like that to me, like in a certain way. Mm -hmm. So, like, my petty is usually silent, like, silence or like I unfollow you but it, like I really I just never talk to you she like, says so but that's like very rare <laughs> I don't have like I really I'm not a petty person because I'm so emotional like my feelings be so hurt mm. I just I just can't even be like I don't know I don't think I've ever really been too petty no, I don't be in my feelings. I'd be quiet about it. I'm so. What petty. about you, Lee? Yeah, Lee Larue. Give me, give me at least two. Examples. Okay, so I do subtle. So subtle petty things I have done is things. So I have my red receipts off because I am super busy, and I don't want people to know that I've read their message because it's not. It's not to be hurtful. Like I just don't see them, or I have don't have time to respond to it right away or whatever. Right, but a subtle petty is I'll turn my red receipts on. I want you to see that I saw your message and that I did not respond intentionally. So there's a few people that I have read receipts on for that I'm like, yep, saw your message. Fuck you. We <laughs> turned on all my red receipts. I recently <laughs> just did that. So maybe that's my pay. It is. But I always reply. <laughs> I always reply, though. No, there and there's other things. Like, it doesn't really count. I think a really big petty one, um, I think I shared this at our launch party, but um, there was a young lady who my ex had been talking to right before him and I started talking. And so they kind of dissipated their communication. She went to a different school or whatever, and they just kind of wasn't talking to her. But I found out they were still communicating. And so back when we still had Black Planet, I created a fake page with her name and um, put her phone number on it. It was like, please call me. And so 
And so she got online and was like, don't call this number. Don't call this number. I was like, yes, call me. <laughs> call me. It's really me. It was hilarious unto me because it was like, yeah, don't That's talk to me. my don't talk to my husband or my partner at this time. Um, which, which looking back was really shady because I'm like, it's his responsibility to not have been communicating with somebody. But, you know, if I could cut it off in a way, she changed the number. He never got the new number. So it was, you know, it worked in that way. That was pretty petty. <laughs> Nick B, what about you? Yeah, I'm kind of like you, Lachey. I'm more of a, uh, uh, if I'm, if I don't want to deal with you anymore, I just kind of completely cut off communication. Um, mm, I don't think I really have too much, too many, like, revenge or heady situations. I know, like, this one guy reached out to me and he was like, hey, I really want to see you. I want to reconnect. I was like, for what? Um, that's not, that's not petty. That's just being real. <laughs> that's being honest. Not, right. I was like, I don't see the need, but okay. Mm-hmm. So we, did, we didn't reconnect. We didn't see each other. Um, no, I'll definitely post things on my social media um, where a guy is not captioned in it, but it will be like, two gl- okay, for example, I was at a cigar bar with this one guy. And I wanted people to know, but I didn't want people to know who I was with, of course. So I just posted his whiskey glass and my martini glass and two cigars. Clearly on a, on a date, not with you, homie, you know, stuff like that. That was like, this could be you type of moment. <laughs> this could this could be your vibe, but you're over I, acting silly. I just, I don't, I don't, like, I have, like, grand, heady ideas, but I just can't follow through. So are you the not kind of person that... Are you the kind of person that shares your petty ideas with other people so you can watch them enact them? Because I feel like Nick no. has given me ideas. I was like, you do, you should do this. Have I? Wait. Yeah. What is it? Please. Because you definitely you was like, post a picture of trips and say that this is how right. it should be done. <laughs> post a picture I of two glasses. Like the two glasses was right. definitely your thing. <laughs> that was, I, And I caught that. I was like. See, I can't do that because she did there. <laughs> because while there's somebody I may want to be paid to, there's somebody who I don't even want to know. Like there's like too many um, that is variables true. out there. Like <laughs> I want to hurt a certain group's feeling. Mm, that makes sense. I ain't got nothing. I, I there's no. I, mean, I don't have no words like that. Always be explained away if you leave something to someone's imagination. That's true. you can heavily imply. But if their imagination takes them one direction, you can uh, no. It's That's not my thing. I just bought two. Uh, my girlfriend likes manly drink. I you just see? they just like, picked up the other drink. I was drinking my second drink. Right, that belonged to the to table before me. Before I sat down, that was a dirty glass. You know, you rest. I'm dead. <laughs> so okay, so since you've been single and you've gone through this healing process of finding new dick and therapy and all those things what is your craziest dick and therapy, dick and therapy? that's gonna be a new i, I think that should be a, a slogan <laughs> the dnt can we get tater guys oh, we need a t-shirt yeah dnt what you know that dnt hey 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 it better be good too both of them um so listen hey what is the craziest dating story you've had since being single the craziest dating story. Um, I dated somebody who was really like younger than me, like maybe ten years. Even though that uh, NBA player told you to date older, you still went low. Okay, well, you know. So when we go, go low, we go lower. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
that was probably the craziest because it was just such a it was such a different age gap like it was i mean like it's nothing was it exciting it was a little bit exciting younger dudes are different they're really different and he spoke we we just like we're complete opposite i mean what do you guys do walk around doing tiktoks i feel like that's totally the young generation right now i just felt like i was such a cougar it just felt so and he just was like so into it he was so into older women and i was like this is not um no what did we do what did we do i mean we we didn't do a lot of we we went on dates and stuff like that i don't know it just it was it was very much out of my I think that, that was probably the weirdest thing Dave's my senior year because he was like still in his 20s and I was like yeah. like I have a sister your age you should try dating her oh, and it's like now nah, I'm an older woman why do you yeah. always say that Nick we were just talking about that that's like no good not even a turn on to me it's not because damn now you're calling me old I don't want to go younger anymore I don't want to go younger Mm-hmm. I'm over that anymore now. So I, what was the somebody th- in my age group is fine. What was something that you guys did though, it, while you were talking dating or whatever with this younger person? What was something that you did that was completely out of your comfort zone, like that you went full throttle in? Oh, I got mine. What's yours, share What did we do that with? I mean, honestly, we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything that was completely out of my comfort zone. I will say that mm-hmm. he was. He was very much like, I mean, he was very much like adjustable. Like he kind of just adjusted to who I was, which was weird. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't nothing crazy. Nothing, nothing crazy happened. It was still a moment where you like, were like out on the beach doing wild and crazy things and living your best life. No, 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 no. I mean, there was, there was, no, no, there was a couple of positions. I was like, I didn't know they were doing this. Honestly, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm important to watch porn. You got to keep no, it's trending. I like sex, but I, I am. You got to keep up with what's trending. I'm curious about what yeah, ladies were. <laughs> it would be so hard for me to even explain it to you. It was, and I never did it again. And I was like, I didn't even know that that could work. Like, I, I can't even. I don't even want to explain. Was it, it like a police? So, we're curious. I feel like you're like a closeted freak because she's so conservative in her conversation right now, and she's like, wait. Oh my god, I'm not. I'm not a closet. I'm not in my closeted freak. Maybe I don't know. Like I'm willing to try a lot of things, but like not, not anal. God damn it! Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> that, hard. That's, that's, that's where that's where my line is drawn. So I mean, I guess I that's know. in the doodle line. Um, Come on, Lord. <laughs> um. No, it was like a position. Okay, how do I explain this position? <laughs> he was laying down. I was laying down on top of him. Okay. But like I was, but not, I was fake. Like I was, like my back was to him. Like reverse cowgirl, but laying down. Yes. Okay, okay. so he was on his back and you were on his back on him. No, she was. I was on my back. You oh, you on his back. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Oh no. How it? So yeah, like it reverse was... cowgirl, but then she reclined back all the way. Got she you. Yeah. And uh, she I reclined on. She reclined. Yeah. I don't know how I got in position. I don't know how it worked because well, yeah, I feel you did an upright seated position. I don't think I did, Nicole. I don't think I did. Maybe y'all were doing <laughs> the lazy sideways sex, and then he rolled you over on. And then it rolled boat. over. Because you know sideways, but it like really, it really worked. It was like one of his. They were positioned, and I was just like, "What is this?" It was it was quite interesting. I'm gonna have to become a sutra and see if it has a name, right? I'm gonna have to try that. No, no, no. The yankees. 
How did you? I, I don't know. It was cool. It was different. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was exactly. You're like, like, what is happening? <laughs> but I like it. Nick B, you said you had a crazy. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh uh, well, as far as dating younger, I think what the craziest thing for me was just um, not only was he younger, but we were complete night and day as far as personalities were concerned. How much younger? Very much so a street. We've talked about this. I just like wanted to. Years. Oh, he just wanted to hear it again. He was about 15 years younger and he was much, wow. very much so. Astri- First of all, I hear the judgment in that. Wow. <laughs> that means you could be like, have birthed him, you know? I mean, we'll clean eight moms. Okay. Okay. The point <laughs> is, is he was about a whole different lifestyle than me. So he wanted to like drive me around the hood. And I'm not a drive around the hood kind of girl, right? (laughs) And and so I was just like, so this is where you live? Okay. And, and, you know, for him, it was normal. And he's like, yeah, I'll show you to my friends. And did it. And I was just like, oh, clutch my pearls everywhere. I felt felt old. I felt refined. I felt a lot of things. And this felt above the situation. Way above the situation. I think it's situations like that where I'm like, oh, not to let my facial expressions be 100% what they are, you know, because I'll say it with my face like, oh, this is, this is your couch. Huh? Yeah. Anytime a nigga takes me somewhere and he says, oh, you good with me. No, take me home. I don't want to be good because I'm with you. No, this is not so safe. Like, no, you good with you with me. No, 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 no. Take me home right now. Take me home right now. I want to be good in my house. The house was in Bessie. I was like, so you, so you don't clean up ever. Like the good old trap houses. I, it was absolutely a trap house. I was just, yeah. I, and I judged myself in that moment. I was saying, Nicole, you could do better than this. See, I redoing. I've been to the trap house, and I was felt. I felt that. I've same been there way. with you though. Yeah, I've been to. I've been to the trap house with me. In your 30s, lady? For different reasons. In your 30s? Ma'am. I'm judging y'all. It's time for y'all to get out of the okay, town. No, for, for me, okay, well, that 15-year-old, I was in my 30s. I was like 36. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that was, that, was a, that was a little different. That was, he was really happy because he just got a car. Oh, but he wanted to drive me around. You know, I was trying to let him feel good about his first vehicle. That's, so That's what it was about dating the younger guys. Like he was still trying to like find his way, find his career. And I, like, I don't know if I can go on this journey. And the you. things that he was doing to try to impress you were like, you're like, oh, I did that when I was in my twenties. Congratulations, right? You're yeah. you're doing this at the right age. Yeah. You should be doing yeah, right. With some, you need to be doing it with somebody younger. Right, yeah. right, right. Who's impressed? Because <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, for sure. Let's say, what advice would you give to somebody coming out of a toxic or bad relationship, um, aside from the DNT? But um, what mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody about how to heal and how to enjoy being single? Um, DNT aside, <laughs> yes, I would say you know give yourself some grace, have a good group of friends. Um, I cried a lot. I cried in between dates. I cried after bad dates because I was like, oh, maybe I should just go back. Like, this is this is not looking good. But I think that the healing part of it, journaling, finding the therapist. I recently found um, a male therapist, a black male therapist. 
highly recommend. Really? It, it is like, yes, let me tell you why. At first I wanted a female. I was like, find me. I was talking to the lady and I was like, I need like a clear Huxtable in my life. Like, don't find me no young black woman. I don't want nobody going through the same thing I'm going through. And she was like, well, we don't discriminate. She's like, but we have like a male therapist. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I think it is the most validating thing to get to know that you're like doing the right things, mm-hmm. that you are getting another perspective from a platonic person who still has your best interest at heart. Like it is, gotcha. I highly recommended it. Like, cause you're getting a different, you're mm-hmm. saying, is this okay? And from a male, from a black male perspective, and they're saying, no, what you're saying is right or da da da. You know what I'm saying? In right. a different way that that, right. It's like not your father, it's not your uncle, it's just somebody who yeah. wants the best for you. And right. then, like they have no other interest in it. It was one of the best things that I did. So I highly recommend that. But finding a black male therapist is very difficult. Number that one. Part, that, very that part. Yeah. <laughs> Especially um, in Portland. Finding a black therapist, finding a black therapist in general is hard. Um, but time, grace, don't be hard on yourself. Uh-huh. Cry as much as you need to if you're into working out. Um, things like that. I mean, you just kind of got to, you know, you kind of got to like love yourself back to like who you were before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. And it was definitely with the help of my friends. I will say that like my friends are like my biggest supporters and you know, Lee Larie, what's been your healing process? Uh, definitely focusing on my glow up, I think, um, was really finding my, finding the confidence that I was lacking in my relationship has been really helpful for me. Um, I did not feel attractive. I did not feel uh, valued or appreciated. So like finding those things in myself right now is what's helping me. Um, Learning to not care what that other person is still doing um, has been the hardest thing for me to do right now because it still impacts me. We have kids. So, you know, whatever they're doing impacts me to a certain extent. So trying to find the space and the mentality of not caring um, and just doing me and worrying about me. So... That has helped. Um, I'm with Lachey on the crying. Do a lot of that. A whole lot of that crying. Um, that's been great. I have not found, of course, you know, we're in Portland. So finding therapists is very difficult. Um, and especially after COVID because everybody decided that therapy was their thing. So finding a therapist is hard. Finding a black therapist is hard. Finding a therapist who does not know my entire family group of friends and work relationships, even harder. So I need to get on one of those little online sites and figure it out. I, had, I do have a life coach now, which is great. Um but yeah, I think definitely learning to love myself before I'm depending on somebody else to love me has been my biggest, uh, my biggest flex, I think. Nick B, do you have any? Uh... Yes. Becoming a... What? Oh, no, I was going to say, yes. Loving yourself, becoming your biggest cheerleader, all of that. Yeah. All of that. Nick B, what you got? What you got? Yeah. I know you, uh, what, how do you heal from your four month relationships? Oh my God, the form of her. Oh, the tea. <laughs> I didn't. I love her. So much shade. Jesus. I'm kidding, but no, seriously. My uh, my biggest um, method of coping and dealing is a lot of reading. Actually, I find a lot of comfort in like reading self-help books mm. um, or just even listening to different podcasts surrounding uh, mental health and yeah, things like yeah. that. But also having conversations with myself and knowing that what is meant for me is me. It will be. 
yeah sort of thing and if i don't have what i think i want right now i kind of try to reevaluate why do i want it mm. do i want things simply because i was conditioned to think that at this age this is where i should be and because what i thought it should have been when i was growing up looks different than my reality today is that good bad and different and just sort of having that internal dialogue with myself and like Lachey was saying, be being kind to yourself and being, mm-hmm. you know, uh, being lenient, being careful with your own feelings that in the self-talk that you have yeah. with yourself is really, that's really been my only. Yeah, I love it. I love the self-reflection because that's so important. And I love that you are able to take that because I think a lot of people don't do that. Um, and they think everything is wrong with everybody else and it's not me or I need to figure out, you know, why they're not giving me what I want rather than figuring out why do I actually want that. I love, I'm going to start taking, I'm going to take that piece from you, Nikki B. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that also, that I also crossed the fact that the only common denominator between everyone I'm with is me, right? Mm, so that's a good point. Working on, and that's not even to say that what you take from any past relationship is necessarily bad, but they're all right. teaching, they're all right. tools. Oh, absolutely. And they're just preparing you for the next best thing in my life, in your life. That's what I've always said. I've always, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. Like, one of the things I've always said is, like, every time I lose somebody, God has brought me somebody better. Mm-hmm. And we just want to keep going till I get where I'm she going to keep going. But I never, exactly. I've never, I've never, I've never, I've never left somebody and, and thought, oh, it was better where it was. It was always, it's, I've always been moving forward. Mm. And so that's always been nice. Like, to always just feel like you're getting closer to the goal. You, you learn from all the mistakes that you made hopefully sometimes you go back and make them right. a couple more times and you're like oh yeah that's right and there's no timeline there's no timeline stop putting a timeline no. on yourself because i think we all i used it. to put timelines on i definitely that was one of the hardest things for me ending my relationship when we did end was that i at my age i was like i worked really hard to get to a point where i was at and now my timeline and my goals that i had set are jacked the fuck up so taking that timeline away is really powerful because we're not dead. We're not dying. I mean, well, respectively, but you know, um, we have, we have life to live. You know what I'm saying? We have life to live. So there's plenty of time for us to get what we what we had set for ourselves as a goal. So I love what you all said. We're going to take that. I think we should post some of this on our social media. Nick B. Lachey, sure. where can they find you if you want to be found? Oh God. <laughs> aside from Hinge. Found? Aside from Hinge. <laughs> aside from Hinge. I would love some life on Hinge. Um, cliche regina at instagram but like it's private so like you have to be better you gotta her. like her you gotta <laughs> and she's gotta look at your page she's gotta stalk you for a little bit make sure you cool you know don't yes. just don't just somebody the inbox with the bs but you know i mean <laughs> you know if we but no like i'm i'm probably there's nothing interesting going on on my instagram anyways well, she's so very cool. much <laughs> you have a lot of good insights. So if anyone has to ha- want to have a conversation with her, it's amazing. She's amazing. I love it. Nick, thank B, you. where can they find you? Yes. So of course I can be reached on all Dirty Roses podcast platforms. May that be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, you know, TikTok, whatever the case may be. But to get me directly, you can also find me at Nick B underscore Nick B. And that's Nick with a K and on Instagram. Lila Ree, where can we find you? You can find me everywhere. I am Lila Ree, so L-E-I-G-H-L-A-R-I-E on every single social media platform. You can find me at that handle, like Nick B said, Dirty Roses Podcast on every platform. But you can also go to our website, DirtyRosesPodcast.com. You can listen to all of season one and so far of all of season two that we've done and posted. Um, 
and you can leave us a review, leave us a voice memo. You can leave us uh, all kinds of stuff. Our little website is kind of cute. I like it that you can leave us all kinds of feedback in various ways. So we want to hear from y'all. We want to get y'all, if y'all want to give us, um, if y'all want some advice, send us an email. You can send us at dirtyrosesletters at gmail.com. You can get advice, send us crazy dating stories. We can share these on our social media, share them on an episode, all that good stuff. So make sure y'all check us out and we'll catch y'all around being dirty. All right.